In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm out of the penalty box. I've got my yellow card. Paul's around London somewhere, shitting his pants, hopefully now. I hope you enjoyed that, Paul. I, I really got down deep into the lungs to give you all I got. Jack, what's up, buddy? I'm good. Um, yeah, as you can guess, there's no Paul. Um, and that explains the horrendous intro. And Paul will... That one was pretty good. I felt like that, that one came from the depths. Like I felt like there was a lot of bangers and mash Brit style in that one. Like it was it a was banger. Just, I was just putting Lyle's golden syrup all over that crumpet and guzzling down Maltesers and crunchy bars and drinking tea with my pinky out. It was, it was just every British stereotype I can think of. You, you needed that dodgy cowboy hat he likes to wear. Oh, damn. But uh, no, we, we're not, we're not a Paul Brown intro podcast. We're actually the Paul Brown podcast, but we're no Paul Brown today. Um, so it's it's the end. It's the final countdown. And th- this is it. So we've done 50 of the roster spots. We're on to the final three. So it's not actually going to be that exciting with them three. But then we're going to get into the, hey, what will we do? We'll talk about free agency, looking at each other, sort of dream realistic list we're not turning the salary cap off and signing the highest paid veteran player at every single position um and then we'll we'll chat through a bit of draft first round what are we looking at day two what are the different options they can look at not getting into the players talking sort of broadly we'll get more into players and really look at that post free agency Um, you're gonna give us a grade on the carson wentz uh cap trade to the colts i quite I, i i thought he did all right um, the thing that makes me laugh is the people that were all in on Carson Wentz two years ago saying, hey, it's great they got an extension done. And now like, oh, Howie Roseman screwed up getting that extension done. At the end of the day, if you were on board with the extension, you, you, you've got to take an L there. Brother, you know everything. Hindsight is twenty twenty. That's the way it goes. This boy, he was straight on it. Why are you giving a man with one knee an extension like that? You went from MVP candidate to not even traded for a true first round pick yeah Uh, uh, there's only one thing that is constant in the nfl depot knows long live paul Paul. Podesta. for those just tuning in the fighting paul Podesta's just you know casually said after the draft that they just didn't see carson wentz as being a franchise quarterback or a top 20 quarterback 20 quarterback that that was bold (laughs) bold strategy well He's drinking his tea, that's for sure. Yep, probably in California with his feet up, not commuting into work, and I don't care. <laughs> hey, you know what? San Diego's nice this time of year, so not a not a bad another another wise decision by the depot. But let's jump on. We'll get through these three first, and we're going to start with Ian's favorite position out of all fifty-three players. It's the kicker. De- well. Um, to be fair, the kicker and the punter, both of them, those are my top two. Because you know what they say, kickers are people too. We are the lifeblood of the team. Nobody was all academic, all performance, or had the tackling efficiency that I did as a kicker. So it just makes sense. Well, there's only one position room, one position in the uh, specialists position room that I love. And that's neither of those, I'm afraid. I am a long slapper, a long snapper, long man. slapper. <laughs> and uh, but we'll start with the kicker first. So we've actually got one kicker under contract for the. Don't we have Matthew season. McCrane out of the? Uh, is he on the practice squad? That is the guy. Matthew McCrane is the only kicker under contract. Uh, uh, under contract. 
played for three teams in 2018. So Arizona, Pittsburgh and Oakland went eight for 12 on field goals, 100% under 40 yards and then nine for nine on extra points. So um, looks like he's a breeze at anything 40 yards or an under. And if you want to go over 40 yards, uh, don't do it. Yeah, he's he's not a very big guy. He's a whopping 5'10", a buck 65. So yeah. He, he could play edge. <laughs> Sebastian Janikowski would eat him. Now, the thing with kickers is it's unfortunately a position where you're going to have to just have a lot of guys that you're comfortable with because in a moment's notice, you can go from being Austin Sniper Seibert to cut that quick because once you lose it, it's like a golfer, right? And you just don't have time to iron out your your leg, and it's a rhythm-based thing. So once you start missing, unfortunately, it, it just it it's hard to get back. You know, it takes – stepping away, going back, redoing the fundamentals, you know, getting the shanks out of the system. So do I think they bring Parkey back next year? Probably. I mean, I think that, you know, he started off really well and then kind of just fluttered a little bit there towards the, um, towards the end and missed a couple kicks and, you know, missed an extra point here and there. But so as the weather got a little tougher, the wind blew a little bit more, it's tough, but you know what? I mean, that's, that's, that was, across the NFL. I mean, Harrison Butker hit a point there. Mason Crosby hit a point there. I mean, a lot of these guys just start. Yeah. Justin Tucker. I mean, what he missed two field goals in the playoff game. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. And it just shows like, it's not easy. Like I know everybody sits back and they're like, Oh, that's easy. I can tell you right now, kicking a 40 yard field goal is not easy. It, it's just not, it's, that's why there's only 32 of these positions in the league. And that's why ones like Justin Tucker, all of a sudden, this maybe the rep, you know, the ball, you, people don't realize like the rep, the snap of the ball, right? So you have a rhythm. So when you see it, you're stepping, you're planning, like it's all a body movement. So if all of a sudden the ball blows a little bit more, or there's a little bit slower coming back or a little bit faster coming back, it screws up your rhythm. And then at the end of the day, you can push it left, pull it or push it right, pull it left. I mean, these are all things that are possible. So you just got to get a guy you rely on and you got to hope that he's in that 95% and above category. And just go with it because at the end of the day, quarterbacks throw interceptions and kickers miss kicks. It is what it is. Yeah, and it's one of them that I – there's free agents out there. There's quite actually a wide class this year of different guys, but I can't see them going that route. I think they they don't want to commit any guaranteed money sort of to anyone uh, because, as you said, if someone loses their way, you don't – you had some teams IRing guys uh, doing other stuff this season because it was like – no, this guy is not it. And then they're sat there with a big contract. So I think they're going to keep cheap at the position. Um, they might bring Parky back. I think they add at least sort of one UDFA end of the draft and go, hey, get in there and compete. But on a wider um, view, how long do you think it is? Because five years ago, if you said, hey, nearly every shot in the NBA should be a three-pointer, you'd have been looked at as if you were nuts and escaped from a mental asylum, whereas the league's got there because the data said, well, you do this, you're going to win more. When do we see it, rather than kicking field goals and that mentality of a field goal's three points, it suddenly becomes, hey, a field goal's four points lost. Um, go for it on fourth down when you've got a better chance. And then even with... But are you talking about like fourth and one at the goal line? Are you talking just, about like fourth and five at the 20 yard line? So I, th I think you're looking at sort of four and three, uh, fourth and three, fourth and two, um, that sort of stuff. Go for it. It, it. It's just because the odds say, hey, why not give it a go? Because even if you were fourth and two at sort of the 10, 20 yard line, if you give up the ball, the, the other team still sort of behind the sticks from where they want to be. They're pushed up near their um, goal line. Um, it's going for that. And as well, they're going for two. Just looking from a purely high-level numbers perspective, if you go for two, you score at 55% of the time. If you can field goal, it's 95% of the time. It's probably worse looking after that last season because everyone seemed to be missing. If you get out there and looking at sort of some of these college um, and even at high school level – where they, they do stuff differently, certain teams, 
the other team has to spend so long preparing for the other weird kinks in the system. In the same way, you don't spend an entire offseason preparing to play Lamar Jackson. And then because he's something different, it's harder for teams to sort of react to. I think that there's certainly opportunity to increase that fourth down attempts, going for it uh, for two more often, and really, yeah, minimize the impact kickers have. Well, the only thing is, is, I mean, Lamar Jackson's a, a talent that you don't see. I mean, they see, they have fourth down defenses, you know, especially talking about from the two yard line, it's very easy to play defense inside of the five yard line because you don't have to worry about anything going over your head. You know, we'll, we'll take this analogy. We'll go back to the Packers bucks game, right? So Rogers has it fourth and eight from our, you know, fourth and goal from the eight yard line. They're down eight. So realistically you're talking what one out of 10 that they get that fourth and eight against the bucks defense one at one out of 10. So you're talking about a 10% right then and there. Now, if you're saying that there's a 55% chance that they get two, which I think some of those, I would say 50 to 55. So what we're basically saying is that five or five and a half out of a hundred repetitions, you're going to get the sequence of touchdown and two point conversion, which means that 95% of the time that's not going to happen. So you were talking about like with the kickers in the case of green Bay, they kick the field goal. They cut it to a five point game. They kick off. And now Tampa has the ball first and 10 at the green Bay 17 yard line. So they gave up nine yards. They lost uh, what? I think eight seconds or 10 seconds. I forget because the dumbass from Tampa slid down before the two minute warning. So in essence, they, it was the smart play because you still had to make a stop. They, you know, fans obviously wanted that 5% chance that it could happen, but realistically 95% of the time it does not happen. So they increased their odds of winning by kicking the field goal in that situation. Yes, no, absolutely. Because you can't, you can't have a PFF on this and then not say you have the same, you have a better chance of winning because now we don't have to worry about the touchdown and the two point, but, but you had a five out of a hundred. You've got to factor in getting the ball back on offense. But you had to get it back anyways, because 95% of the time you needed the ball back. Even if you score the touchdown and you get the one out of 10, and then you miss the two point, you need the ball back. So only five out of a hundred repetitions is it a tie game, meaning 95% of the time you have to get the ball back with a stop. Even if you went for it and didn't get it, you still have to get a stop. The only thing that, so you, when you talk about probabilities, you talk about math, think about it. If you score the touchdown, so you, now you get the one out of 10 and then they stop you on the two point. You still got to get the ball back. Now you got to get a field goal. But all they really did was give up the 5% option of saying, okay, now we just need the ball. They didn't get it. So all of a sudden they go for it on fourth and eight. It gets knocked away. And then they say, okay, guys, let's go out there and get the stop. They don't get to stop and the game ends. It, 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 the outcome does not change 95%, you know, of that 95 repetitions, maybe two times or one time it happens where, you know, they increase their probability of winning and get the ball back. And Aaron Rodgers does something magical, but at the end of the day, they had been in the red zone that many times. So by taking away the kicker, you're basically saying, we're just going to go all in every single time. You're going to have boom or bust. You're going to be playing for those 5% scenarios as opposed to at least trying to up it, even if it's double, say, say it goes from five to 10%. You, you're, you're kind of looking at, a, you know, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. You, you're talking about the, the weird scenarios of like fourth and 15 and fourth. Oh, it's fourth and eight. Uh, yeah. But I'm talking about fourth and two. I'm not How talking many? about the, the weird case scenarios of that, of that game, but um, I'm talking the close ones, but looking back to, um, trying to find the fourth down bot, um, Green Bay. Um, it was fourth and eight. Because um, a lot of teams now go for it on fourth and two, and they get stuffed, and then they're chasing points. I just think that coaches have to play, especially if we're going to bring analytics into it. If you're going to drive down the field and there's a penalty or there's this, Teams are going to be less aggressive about giving away points because especially in playoffs and times when it matters, when defenses play more, you need points. Now, if we're going up against Kansas city and they're going to score 30 points, 
then yeah, you're going to do the bend, but don't break uh, defensive philosophy. Try to get them inside and try to hold them. But no, no, for me, if you're fourth and two, fourth and one. From where on the field? I'm saying anything in the sort of your 40-yard line to their goal line, go for it. Oh, Jim Trussell. See, Trussell ball is killing me here now because if I have it fourth and two from the 39-yard line, and I'm, I have Cody Parkey, so I'm not kicking a 56-yard field goal, right? If you go for it, you give them, you give them the ball inside – or basically just inside your half of the field at the 39, 38-39-yard line. If you have a well-executed special teams play and you can pin them inside the 10, why would you go away from that? Because it's, it's just not reliable. And then at any time, what am I betting on? Am I betting on Baker Mayfield and this offense? Am I betting on our defense? Um, How hard is it for Baker Mayfield to go 60 yards versus 90? But... Best case scenario, you're punting it back to them, and then you're giving whoever that opponent's QB QB is your defense. Go for it, and we've seen the rise of fourth down. Here's the issue: these coaches get fired. That's the problem. So they're going to be conservative by nature because if they go at it balls to the wall, even Riverboat Ron isn't that Riverboat. It's weird because he gets a nickname. He's not all that like aggressive. He goes for it like under twenty percent of the time. So if you all of a sudden start going for it 40 or 50% of the time in short yardage, single and fourth down, and you have a 20% win rate, you're fired. So I just, I don't think they're going to take, I mean, the Dolphins just gave their kicker, what, 20 million? That was a crazy deal. Five-year deal or something. Five-year, 22 million or something. Good for him. What a stud, Jason Sanders. Go for it, buddy. Take that money. I hope you buy a nice new car and show up in kicker style. By the way, the most controversial position on the entire football team is always the kicker. So I'm fully expecting just a gang of hate mail here for defending my boys with the golden boots. Hey, I, I'm team Baker. You can be team kicker. Yeah, days. I'm team points. I'm about yeah, I'm results team points. Here. You're about team, give the other team momentum when you can't get two yards on a fourth down because we hand the ball off and then we go, we don't like to play calling. Here's the thing on this. Ready? You run the ball. Why didn't you pass? You pass the ball. Why wouldn't you run? You have Nick Chubb. You lose no matter what. 80% of the fans will always be against the play when you don't get it. And then they'll, then there'll be the ones like Andy Reid that run the sprint outs with Tyreek Hill. And they're like, why don't we do that? Well, because you don't have freaking Tyreek Hill. That's why. Well, when's the last time I've cared about what other fans care for my opinion? Well, you're, you're, you're just a big wet blanket. You just want everybody to love you. We know. <laughs> Tweet um, out all these give Jarvis more money deals. Oh, look, everybody. I want to keep all of these players. I leave, leave my trolling alone. Um, mm. So we're next on to the punter. And Jamie Gillen. Well, hold on real quick before we go on the punter. Are you a fan of keeping an extra kicker on the practice squad? I don't think it will happen next season. I think it's just a COVID issue because obviously you couldn't walk a kicker straight off the street and start them the next mm-hmm. day. So I, because it was so league wide, I can't see it being a thing. Well, it was about getting them in, getting them through the protocol and stuff because yeah. it was that mandatory, but we could still be in it next year. You never know. Obviously if, if we are then hundred percent, you have to keep one. Um, you don't really have that option. Um, however much I'd like to say, sod it. Let, let's just go for every fourth down. Um, it's just don't really have fun. Jamie Gillen kick 60 yard field goals. We saw how that ended. Oh, that, that is the man we're on to. So Jamie Gillen had a phenomenal rookie season. He then regressed last year. Um, but at the end of the day, he's on peanuts. So you throw him out there. Um, they might bring someone in to compete with him at camp, but I can't see it. Um, I think that's one where they use the roster spot for competition elsewhere. Is he going to be on the roster? Not 21 season, the one after. That is, I highly doubt, because... To keep him on the tender, you're looking at sort of 2.6, 2.7 maybe. Um, tender and obviously the cap level hasn't been set. But do they want to commit that much money to a punter? I don't think this is a team that's going to commit money to kick some punters. Um, punter is probably more likely to get a commitment of money because 
it is more steady unless you're Justin Tucker. Um, yeah, where do you sort of think we're at, punters? So I'm looking here at the hammer. By the way, they had the, he had the identical. Talk about captain consistency. Gillen in 19, 63.7. Gillen in 20, 63.7. They had the, he had the exact same. Now his punt grade was a little higher in uh, 2019. But here's the thing I'm looking at. His, some of his lower graded weeks, Houston, 57, Vegas, 60, Philly, 51. So he was kicking in some very tough conditions here. He had, a, he had basically 20% of his, or about 15% of his punts in three games, basically kicking in windstorms. So the one thing about Hammer is the ball does jump off his foot quite, quite a bit. Now, in saying that, so you look at a guy like Thomas Morstead or you look at a guy like Sam Cook, they're always doing something different. So I don't know if you – do you follow Jay, um, what's his name, Pat McAfee on Twitter? I don't. So Pat McAfee, former kicker in the league, former soccer player, like he's, he's very uh, fraternity-like. He's a really funny guy to follow, but he was showing this thing that Sam Cook does when you kick the ball back in the playoff game. And he just shows how incredibly narrow the margin is for hitting that ball to get it to do what it wants. And I think hammer does get creative in that sense, but at the end of the day, he, he made zero tackles this year. So as bad as our punt coverage seemed to be, I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't, it wasn't that terrible. I mean, overall fine. I mean, I'm trying to pull up what his season do you have his season stat? I'm trying to figure out what his. I don't have a Jamie Gillen. I was going to say, so with all, to be fair to our audience, with all of our other guys, we know we'd have prep sheets and all that other good stuff. But when it comes to the, uh, the leg of Jamie Gillen, I did not put together the, uh, the He's stat sheet. He's going to be here one year and then they're probably might go a different route just because oh, at the end of the day, what was his net average? 2.75 million. I don't think they want to spend it. So, I mean, he averaged 44 per shot. He had 12 less punts this year. He had 14 inside the 20. His net average was 39, so the coverage was a little... Ugh. 25 returns, less than 10 a return. No, none blocked. Yeah, he'll be back. Like I said, I'll be curious to see what he turns into. Um, we all like him. I want to have a beer with him. Hammer. I'm on your side. Punters are people too, buddy. Hey, I, I, I was team UDFA and Paul shat on me. Um, but I actually won this. I won this one. You'd call that what? The Cleveland Steamer? <laughs> Boom! It was a banger of a prediction. Paul's going to send us an angry voice now. now. You're going to give me a blue card now. <laughs> um, and next one we get up to is... This will take about seven seconds. Charlie Hewitt, he's good. Next. The man, the myth, the legend. Um, he, he will end up probably in two years' time as the longest-tenured Cleveland Brown. <laughs> That's good. But Tony was his only competition, right? Yep. Um, but no, he, he's been incredible since he's been here. The fact that the vast majority of Browns fans can't name our long slapper shows how good a job he's doing because you can only name a position like long snapper when something's gone wrong and it's been great, contributes on special teams. Yep. Lovely, yeah, he's lovely. he's good. All his snaps are good. I'm good. We didn't see any Roethlisberger uh, first snap of the game snaps out of Charlie. So we'll see you next year, Charlie. Nice job, buddy. So the next one we get onto is free agency. So oh, I thought we were going to tell the fans who the highest graded Cleveland Browns special teams player of the year, who should win the honorary Lou Groza special teams award winner of the year. What are we conveniently leaving out? The we, number one rated special teams player on the Browns. We, we were just doing the specialists, but uh, I'm happy. Well, to this man that. is a specialist. That's why he's number one. No better player on the Cleveland Browns was better at blocking kicks than my guy, Sheldon Richardson, the number one player on special teams. Oh, and Tavier Thomas was number two. Yeah. And uh, what's the difference in snaps? Can you just give us that? So the calculations are a little bit confusing here, so I, I won't give them in American British numbers, but know that Tavier Thomas was out there for uh, the kick return and kick coverage, which skews it a little bit. So 191 
kick coverage, which obviously Sheldon's not going to be on. So in terms of the field goal block, we're at 78 to 67. So specifically the categories where, you know, he's good at. Can we get the totals, please? Well, the totals aren't – Sheldon's not going to be out there on coverage. We're talking no, no, about no, 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 field no, no. goal block. We're Total. talking about specialists. We're not talking about special teams, Jack. We're talking about specialists. And nobody is more of a specialist than big number 98 with that big pole. See, this is before your time. You don't remember. All old Browns fans are going to remember. The Browns back in 2008 basically gave like their left testicle for a guy named Sean Rogers. Sean Rogers played for the, for the Lions and was an absolute monster. So Sean Rogers, he was a D tackle. I want to say he was 6'5", 350, 6'5", 360. And I'm not kidding you. This dude could swat field goals out of the air like it was Dikembe Mutombo. And the Browns, I think he got traded to the Browns. That was the year we drafted Bo Bell, if I'm not mistaken. So he, uh, oh yeah. So in February, 2008, Rogers was traded to the Browns in exchange for Lee Bodden and a 2008 third round pick. So old, uh, old Sean Rogers was the, he's the last good field goal block specialist the Browns had. So getting Sheldon in there, smart move. Okay, now on to uh, more important <laughs> topics. So we've covered off all the 53 roster spots. So we're just going to go through sort of realistic dream scenario. Hey, everything breaks right. Putting in sort of based on some real values. We're not going, hey, we're going to sign Shaq Barrett, Richard Sherman, top safety, the top wide receiver and free agency, the top everything, because quite frankly, it ain't going to happen. Um, it's not Madden. There's no turn the salary cap button off. There's no sort of 5,000 first round picks to trade. Um, no, we're, we're going to be realistic. So we're going to break through. Um, we'll do the, both do the offense. Then we'll both do the D line, touch on linebackers and then do DBs. Um, literally, I've only got one name penciled in as people we could sign to the offensive side of the ball in free agency. And we'll just do free agency. We'll touch on draft next. Just offensive? Yeah, just offensive. Rashad Higgins. I, I, I haven't got anyone else that go, I really want to sign that guy. In terms of, you're talking about players to keep or overall in the league? This is free agents, anyone in the league. Mm, I wouldn't mind them going out and getting me a receiver. Uh, I, I just have a weird feeling Higgins is gone. So... I'd mentioned some of the other guys, you know, the Curtis Samuels, uh, Noah Brown. I want, I want one of them. I want a big guy. I need a big guy. So my dream scenario. And I know Kenny Galladay is not coming. So I'll go with, uh, give me Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds. I'd like him. Get rid like of anyone. I, I think Higgins is, I think Higgins is going to get overpaid somewhere. Uh, but between the, the two big names that are on here, if you add in Josh Reynolds, are you getting rid of anyone? No, I don't, I'm not giving rid of Jarvis or Odell. I want Josh on that squad. Uh, <laughs> that, that is going to be – it's already the most expensive wide receiver room penciled in. How much in do you NFL. think Josh Reynolds is going to get? There, PF, your boys at PFF have a sign in Marvin Jones for like $18 million. They, Josh Reynolds, probably a few million, three, four, uh, four, they reckon. So two million less than Rashard Higgins. Well, no, I'm spending I, I less Rashard money. Higgins coming in and Jarvis Landry leaving. So no, that's never happening. It's not happening. You're not getting rid of the heartbeat. <laughs> I know you're see. So on offense, Jack's dream scenario has nothing to do with the players. It's simply the expulsion of Jarvis Landry where mine is keep Jarvis, keep Odell and bring me in a guy that's going to help him out with a little bit of size. My, there. That's the summary of, that's the summary of our, uh, upgrade of our offensives from no, getting rid of Jarvis Landry is not an upgrade. If it is, if you add Higgins, no. Yep. No, absolutely not. I'd yeah, rather have, baby. I'd rather have Ishmael Hyman. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you to play with your Hyman. <laughs> British joke. So yeah, I, uh, on offense, it's pretty simple. There's, I mean, wide receiver three or wide receiver speed. That's so all you're looking at. Next, we'll jump onto the D line. Um, we'll start with the edge first. 
Um, because I, th I think there's only one free agent coming in in the edge room. Um, Romeo Aquara is obviously the guy I'm in love with, but if we get JJ Watt, party time. Yeah, I, I just have a funny feeling. Here's the thing, Browns fans. Do yourself a favor. Just don't fall in love with the idea of J.J. Watt. Listen, would he be a great signing? Absolutely. He would be fine to come in and run opposite. However, I just have a funny feeling he wants to go home to play for the Packers. Okay, so this is kind of how free agency works. You say, wow, the Browns are really interested in me for two years and $25 million. Packers, can you match that? So listen, as much as I would love to have him here, and if he signs here, I will be very happy. I just do think that J.J. Watt, for some reason, I think he's going to be in Green Bay. That's just, that's just my guess. I, I know nothing 100% certain, but that's my guess. Um, so on the edge... My, I don't, it's hard to say dream guy because there's a few guys on there I like. Um, I said I would like to give a kick to tires on Solomon Thomas, but there's nothing dream about him. Um, Marcus Golden's another guy I would really like. I wouldn't mind seeing but, him here. But it's it's a dream overall package. You can't be like, oh, here's the top player I want to sign in this one, this one, this one, this but one. I'm trying to be realistic because yeah. so you know, there's nothing wrong with Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas is you can be happy with that. But there's no dream there. It's not like he's not, he's not, he's not, and he, I'd be like, okay, okay. I'd be, I guess my dream would be if they can get Melvin Ingram for 10 million. If they can get Melvin Ingram for cheaper than JJ Watts deal, I'm good. That would be my dream scenario. Melvin Ingram. Good. Go with it. I had to think about that one. Romeo Aquara is my guy, though. So uh, bring him in. Um, in terms of the interior, what do you do there? Do you keep, you, I think you're keeping a Sheldon Richardson, not adding guy. Yeah, the, the only way Richardson's out is if Rankins is in. So that's the only way I'd see that. So if Rankins wants to go somewhere else, um, I don't think they're going to kick the tires on k short. He was He's really kind of missed the last two years. He's not really going to fall into what they're looking for. Um, yeah, I just – that I, I'd rather draft a fat guy than I would pick any of these guys up in free agencies. There's a few – like I said, if you can get – if Woods likes Thomas to come inside and play that three tech. Okay. You know, I'm not going to write home about Ogan Joby. You know, none of the, none of the guys on the really on the, uh, on the free agency list. There's guys in that I like, you know, I like Malik Collins. Um, and like I said, Rankins Harris, I like, I just don't see him coming here. It's a lot of money. I guess if, if, if Shelly Harris comes here, you're, you can kiss goodbye to Sheldon Richardson. That's for sure. 100%. Um, I, I really like the idea of adding Solomon Thomas. I think that there is upside there. Um, I think if you add a name I'm going to throw out there is Domkin Sue, because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have a lot of problems and financially. If you were to sign JJ Watt, and JJ Watt's going, he's going to play some snaps on the interior, some on the outside, he'll mix it around. Um, then I think he's a, a really good option that gives you some depth of you go actually. Basically, Vernon and um, Richardson are out. And then you go, let's add J.J. Watt and Dominican Sue, and let's see what happens. I, just, I think Sue's going to stay in Tampa. The, just... the issue they've got with their cap structure, and Joel Corey's podcast went through it. And I just heard it, yeah, where he, they do that thing where they don't do the signing bonuses. Yeah, so they unless they change their structure, they can't push money into later years. It puts them right up against the cap this year. And obviously, it's just a pissed up GM and head coach saying, we're going to keep everyone. We're going to keep everyone. Everyone's staying. We're all coming back. That's just not mathematically possible. Yeah, no. Um, I think the dream scenario here is they get Christian Barmore in the draft. That's my dream oh, scenario for this one. Hold on on the draft. Because obviously, the key thing is you need to do all of the moves in free agency before you get onto the draft. The draft's just a wild card. And there's one thing lots of fans seem to forget. They, they set their draft list and then they work backwards. It's all right if you've got the first overall pick. You, you know, if, if this is the guy we're getting, we've got it. We're not I'll tell you the order now. goes. The free agency, the p director of player personnel, so the NFL pro guys, they are ahead of the list right now. So basically what will happen is, is they run that program. Meanwhile, the, the college guys are ranking the players. So they don't, they don't start setting the draft board until after free agency. 
So the Browns don't start running through strategies and who's going to be there until they've already gone through the free agency list. So at no point would they go, we're not going to sign a D tackle free agent because we think we're going to get this guy in the draft. The NFL teams would never in a million years do that. So the Browns will set their draft plans once their free agency plans have been executed. Yeah, they might take a slight overall view of looking, hey, it's a really, really strong wide receiver class. We feel good. So rather than bring in sort of a, a fourth wide receiver and free agency, hey, we're looking all right. And maybe they look at another position room and go, look, the draft's awful for this. We're not going to be in a position to get anyone. We definitely need something here. Um, but the Browns are going to be drafting for uh, the future. It's not going to be a draft where in the old days, everyone in the first four rounds needs to be a day one starter. It's not that thing. So continuing with free agents before we nail back with a bit more. Draft. I just jump all over here. Linebackers. I'm going to go two linebackers are getting signed. KJ Wright, Malcolm Smith. That That's that's my dream. I think they bring, I think Malcolm Smith is for sure when they get back. I do not think they pony up for, for KJ Wright. Do you think it's Goodson? Yeah, I think I think they bring those two back. I think it's going to be Goodson and Malcolm Smith. Yeah, yeah, which is fair. I think that's probably where they're more likely to be at. But I'm I'm going to hold out the KJ Wright dream. Um, the the other wild card, and I don't know what Stefanski's take on him. The guy from the Vikings is that what Eric Wilson? I think he's their free agent. I think he's late twenties, unrestricted free agent. He played a lot of snaps there. That would be the one I would take a look at there. If they, if say BJ Goodson prices himself out and goes somewhere for more money, I could see them looking at uh, Eric Wilson. Interesting. If Stefanski likes him, oh. just doing the links because Woods was in Minnesota before he was in San Fran and Denver. Corners. So I'm going to start off. I, I, th- I think we've been green. Two corners will get signed in free agency, regardless of if they're bringing people back or bringing stuff in. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go with. I'm working on a three safety base. I'm going to say I want my boy Troy Hill and I want Gary and Conley. Ooh, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. My dream scenario on the inside is not Troy Hill. It is my guy, Mike Hilton. I want to steal him from the Steelers. Uh, so, yeah, I would say give me Mike Hilton on the inside and – you know what? I, I, I think I'd be okay. And I like the scenario, AJ Bouye, get it. I, I like AJ Bouye. So if you give me Bouye and Hilton and draft somebody underneath them, I'm liking that. And Gary on Conley, that doesn't mean you can't. So if I'm looking for the trifecta and I'm looking at Bouye, Conley and Hilton now, I think we're cooking. Uh, I, um, I have Hilton. If they want to play a slot corner, die, uh, nickel, Mike Hilton's my guy. The issue I have with Mike Hilton is you're probably not spending that much money if you're only looking at sort of 25, 30% of snaps where you're going, hey, we're going to have a slot corner designated out there. Because if they're looking for that three safety base, it doesn't make sense. Whereas Troy Hill gives you that option of playing on the outside. I just think you're going to run into. So when you think of the inside slot guy, those quicker guys, those guys, um, more receiver focused teams, you know, like the Steelers where they have all the smaller guys. That's where a guy like Hilton becomes in handy. Whereas if you go up against the Ravens and they put like the bigger guys out there, then you maybe slide Delpit down um, and take Hilton, maybe put them outside if there's a smaller, faster guy, I guess. But it, it's not that much between Hill and Hill and it's Yeah. Not. Yeah. And I just, I think I like the versatility of Hilton better than Hill. Yeah. Um, then we're going to go for two safeties. Um, we agreement two safeties. I definitely think that. Yeah. Cause you gotta, yeah, yeah. They're going to bring in two. Um, I'm going to go Marcus Williams. I just think the age profile's perfect. And then I'm going to go Malik Hooker. Hmm. I think I just have a funny feeling. Anthony Harris is going to make his way here. It's just, there's tea leaves before. So I think they end up with Anthony Harris and Carl Joseph. Yeah, that's what I, think I, I don't hate the Carl Joseph ad. Um, I, I think no. that's pr- in- we, ta- we talked a little pre show. I, I wouldn't be against it, but Ricardo Allen, free safety, strong safety out of Atlanta, just released veteran, had a couple good years. Um, I, I'm not paying him a lot, obviously, but you know, there, there is some safeties out there. You know, Simmons, I don't think goes anywhere. Harris, I think, is a big name. Ricardo Allen is a guy that I just, 
I would find out. I would make, definitely make the call. Hooker's a guy. He he was literally one of the he was if not Bob Sanders when he was at Iowa. Malik Hooker was the best safety I had seen in college football. And when he was at Ohio State, he would just make plays that would just make you go wow. So he is a dynamic playmaker. He can ball hawk. He can play center field, but he just can't stay healthy. And that worries me. If he wants to come in for a very low dollar price, you know, a couple million here and there, hell yeah, I'll go pick him up. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. If, if as we said pre-show, you said, hey, what about four million? I'm, I'm out of four million. I'm looking at, hey, we'll offer you two. Uh, maybe some of that's incentives. Um and that, that's where he's, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at what Ricardo Allen got released about seven hours ago. Um, Andrew Berry's or, or someone from Browns has already rung that agent. I would be my guess. Um, yeah. I think you just need to find out what the, what the dollar amount is because he's a veteran. He can play free. He can play strong. So if you're woods, you like that. I mean, always looked at guys who have that versatility because if you're going to a three safety dime, or even if you're playing big nickel, you're likely going to need guys that can play free and strong. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And the last thing you want is a guy that can just do one thing. It's all right. If they're your superstar and you're like, Hey, this is the one guy we're not going to ask him to do anything else. He is amazing. Um, with anyone else, you, you've got to be willing to do more than one role. So uh, that'll be the mix. The one thing is we also have to everyone keep your eyes on. There's going to be some cap casualties, guys. You're going to see a lot of guys out there that are start, going to start getting cut, and they're going to be some attractive names. So just remember, free agency, as we narrow down to what, uh, 10, we got about a little over three weeks before we start getting into the, uh, the free agency run here. There's going to be some interesting names. I think, obviously, the first big domino to drop is going to be J.J. Watt. Um I think that will obviously gear the Browns plans in terms of where they're going to go get that second edge. I do think that it's more and more likely that the Browns are going to look to sign a defensive end and free agent C and then also draft guys using some serious capital from first or second round pick on their defensive end. Slow it down, slow it down. That's that's where we're going. No, no, but I'm saying that's where we're going. See, there's the transition because the free agency, JJ Watt, and then you're going to have a second tier free agent. And then DN3, go back and watch the or listen to the DN show if you don't know what we're talking about. So if effectively broken down sort of the draft into four slots. Day one, day two, high day three, uh, which is sort of your um, fourth, fifth round pick, and then your sixth, seventh round pick UDFAs late on. So I'm just going to start off with day one. I've got four options on the table. Let me know if there's anything I've missed here. I've got wide receiver, edge defender, cornerback trade down they're the only four i can realistically see i agree then obviously they might have taken some of these guys here's the options i've got on day two wide receiver and any of the five defensive spots yeah defense I think it's going to be defense, defense, wide receiver, defense, 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 wide receiver. So I, I throw in some interest in other positions in high day three. So we're talking rounds four and five. I've taken edge out of this group because I don't think in rounds four and five, they've already drafted one. They've already brought in a free agent of some sort. I think they like Paul Augustine at least to come back for one more year. Um, sure. I don't He's think they're looking to draft one of rights. Fun? Yeah. Justin's exclusive rights, yeah. Um, so I've got the other four spots on defense, and then I've got a choice of potentially running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive tackle in that fourth, fifth round spot. You know, if it's me, why don't they just grab a running back as a UDFA and make him a Paul Brown special? I mean, you can get a guy. I mean, chances are you're going to want a third down scat back anyways. Because you got Chubb and Hunt. You don't really have like – like a, a scatty, quick type of guy. They're, I would say you might go that route. Yeah, so my, UDFA. My, my instance in potentially taking a sort of fifth round running back could be that they haven't paid Chubb this offseason. And Not it's pretty much clear that they go, hmm, we almost want that next transition for your backup to Kareem Hunt in a year's time. And they're, they're drafting someone now to get them rolling. Um, so yeah, fifth round pick. Matt, 
it's not the end of the world. I'll, no. I'll moan about it on the time when it happens, but I think you're going to give it the Jacob Phillips complaint. Yeah. I, I don't I'm know gonna... why they took this guy. PFF didn't rate him high enough. Well, uh, position value before the, the, the rating. Like, that's third round. You, you'd be that's Luke linebacker. Pe- that's linebacker round. That's, that's the Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright round. You could be Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekley, and I'd still moan if you were a third down pick. Third you, you mean like you mean like Devin White? Devin White's not good. Um, and then yeah, that sort of late uh, day three, I throw in sort of everything. Pretty much, it's just pre-order UDFA's. I just think that you're looking first three rounds: wide receivers, defensive ends, corners, and safeties. That's that, limited to those four positions. That's yeah. it. I, I don't think there's any stop by the way area. Brown's Twitter Brown's mock draft world the Notre Dame linebacker Jeremiah hyphenated last name guy that I can't pronounce very well at all the times he's not coming to Cleveland I was listening to the Bucky Brooks Daniel Jeremiah podcast move the podcast move the sticks they said that at times in the Notre Dame season he was playing in the low 200s like 215 range as a linebacker that ain't gonna happen well, let's just stop playing with linebackers. Four zero seven. Here oh, we don't come. Don't say that. Don't say that. You're sexist. Four zero seven. Four zero seven. Four zero seven. I'm I'm all in. All right. Well, we wrapped up the specialist. You're done writing. I'm sure you have Carpal's tunnels after this. So, what do we have to look forward to in terms of uh, the the penmanship of Duffin in terms of the uh, the future? What you got any you got any articles on the horizon? Any contracts you want to discuss? Uh, Brown should be picking up some fifth-year options here pretty soon now, right? Yeah, so we've got a couple of fifth-year options they'll pick up. Um, won't discuss it. We'll discuss it next week, um, what I wrote on Jarvis Landry. Um, I I started trying to write on Rodney Harrison because, hey, I would love to Rodney, keep him. Rodney Harrison. Rodney Harrison's on NBC as a he, commentator. He played less than 400 snaps. I think it was 389 in total last season. He would start reason. played one snap and he was out of the game. That's why people are like, he's good. I'm like, yeah, when he's out there. And for that reason, I just can't see an extension being done this early. Maybe in the bye week, maybe probably at the end of next season, if it's going to happen. So, and and that's not just the Brown side not wanting to do it. I think it's both sides um, because the number is just not going to work. So put that one on hold. Um, I'm I'm sort of penciling a, because I wrote earlier in the off-season, Here's where they need to be in 2023 um, in terms of balancing caps and the other stuff. I'm writing sort of an article on, call it the three-year plan, of how do they go from where they are now to where they need to get to sort of a balanced salary cap um, there and prepared for sort of veteran deal baker. Um, so I was thinking about just writing on that. Probably be a couple of articles, one on O, one on D. But... Uh, that that'll be coming out at some point but there's some exciting news coming on with the podcast which you'll find out next show but we're going to be coming a little bit more regularly they might not am be I get, quite am as i long. getting a, am i getting a red card now you are getting a uh, a simbin after a certain amount of time each show there'll be a little clock in the corner when we're recording and then we're gonna Literally have I'm a gonna have, I'm gonna have to fly cut. to London and do the Guinness challenge with Paul. And once I beat him, I'll have my uh, membership restated, reinstated. <laughs> but yeah, the, the shows are coming shorter. They're going to be quicker. Any things you want us to discuss, different show ideas, um, different topics. It could be a question. Hey, debate this. Let us know. Um, DMs. My DMs are always open. Just ping me a message. And then we'll throw it in there. So uh, we're going to be making it a lot more fun. So any sort of free agency, we're going to focus on free agency, get that done before we go into the draft. Um, yeah. we might... and, I, and I've started my draft work a little late this year. For those that don't know, living in Chicago, we've gotten over 45 inches of snow in the last two weeks. So most of my free time is consumed outside moving hay piles of snow. Just to give you an idea, Jack. So all of my dogs now would be completely covered by the snow. Today I was actually out and working where the snow was to my hip. I'm six, two. So you're looking at four feet plus of snow. You'd have nearly lost me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of snow. So 
they're actually at this point now having to put it in dump trucks and drive it south because the rivers will start flooding when they start to melt. So That's now to be fair, everything in Texas, obviously, you know, hearts go out to those people down there. That's a brutal situation. It's not often you get 10 degrees down in Texas. So hopefully everybody's thawing out down there. No. Um, yeah. So guys, thank you for following the show the last four weeks. It's been really fun chatting through all this stuff. Um, we've pretty much covered everything, but we'll go into more depth on a few different questions, bits and pieces. So let us know your ideas. Um, happy to discuss it. Um, some exciting new format and stuff coming up, not just for this coming month, all the way forward. Um, but no, uh, Ian, where can they find you on Twitter? At Ian19 at Twitter. Uh, you know, as kind of things start happening in the off season, you know, any signings or any releases or trades or anything, you know, we'll probably assemble, do a couple little, uh, you know, emergency podcast stuff like that just to get some information out there because like i said we're now just going to start ramping up teams are making those cap decisions you know the falcons today houston before you know if there's a name out there i mean i fully look forward to the browns signing guys that we didn't talk about we had no idea they were interested in that's what makes it all fun so yeah i mean shoot us the ideas if you want us to break down prospects maybe talk about you know how justin simmons would fit if the broncos are dumb enough to let him go or you know if any of these guys out there you want us to kind of just break down and how they might fit let us know yeah and we we can spitball some deals as well what the money looks like there's probably going to be quite a few shows as ian said loads of guys are going to get cut that will be sitting here going hey the the saints did their cuts today here's the five guys that they've cut let's have a chat about them. Which ones do we want? Which ones? Why are we out on a certain guy? Because there, there might be a name blowing up on Brown's Twitter and we're like, no, Richard, don't want this guy. So we're going to chat from both sides, um, who we want, who we don't. Um, because yeah, the free agency class is going to be bizarre this year and they're street free agents. So anyone that's cut now, like JJ Watkins signs straight away, anyone that's under contract, um, sorry, out of contract this year, they have to wait till March 17th. So we've got literally a whole month left to go. Um, but no, loads of exciting stuff in Pipeline. Really, really excited for it. My Twitter's Jack Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N um, at the end. But yeah, send me any stuff. Um, any last things before we finish? None here. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.